Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Epic Starkey. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, welcome back to another episode. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I have some good news for you. I believe this is the first time in nearly a year that we have all four hosts on the show, and I am so stoked. Steve is with us. Logan's with us. Jason's with us. Steve's dying already. That was was my favorite intro I think we've ever done. Steve's with us. Logan's with us. Jason's with us. Welcome back. Everybody, guys, are we like, is it March Madness that just is the, is that the unifying force that always brings the four of us together or what? I'm already completely unproductive at work now. I might as well be here. That's, that's just how, that's how March works. Games don't start for like two more days and Steve's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. It, it, it's gave important. me 30. It's important to you know me what that. 34 matchups to look at. Like, so yeah. Yeah. It's important to know that while we all have connections to each other outside of, of this podcast in some way, shape or form, you know, we kind of knew each other before brackets is really like at the heart of this friendship. Um, it's kind of where this all started was with brackets. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is like, uh, for me, this is the best holiday season of the year. Uh, Christmas is a day. This is a season, March madness bracket month. It's, it's absolutely. That's true. We've done everything from, uh, dog breeds to planets of the solar system to like to board games like we've done it we've done a quite a, a range of brackets i believe times of day to take a nap was that one that we did yes yeah, so it was fantastic it was, was great kind of so, that was a good one so we've bodies done of water fun, is a sleep oh, yeah. great one yeah great pick <laughs> by the way this was free tiktok too so this was before like everybody had a podcast um, and everybody did drafts like yeah I'm not not saying it, we came it, up with like the original idea it's just we did it before everyone else and better than everyone else is what i'm saying say we were basement <laughs> we're yard the before there was basement yard <laughs> yeah it's true um so we are excited today uh obviously to hop on and, and chat with all of you uh, we're going to keep the plugs really brief basically if you want to connect with the show check out wmbnation.com that's the best way to do so. You can check out our, all of our social links are on there. You can listen to episodes on there. Um, and you can also shop our merch store. We've got some excellent merch. If you're looking for something that you need to, to snag and you want to connect with other WNBA fans and you throw on a WNBA nation shirt or, you know, you snag a mug or something like that. I'm telling you, you're going to run into some other awesome, awesome fans because we, uh, uh, yeah, that that's that's just what happens with it. So shout out to uh, Jason and Steve for uh, about a year ago, totally revamping our store. And ever since then, the merch that I've picked up from there has been fantastic. So go check out WMNation.com. That's where you can really connect across the board with all of uh, all that we have to offer. So but guys, let's hop right in immediately to our our real main piece today that we're going to be talking about. We finally have. The bracket. We finally have the NCAA women's March Madness bracket in front of us. And I can't wait to hear all of your reactions. 
about this. This episode is not going to be about predictions. We're going to stay away from all of what we're predicting, but we are going to really go through with a fine tooth comb and talk about uh, seating and regions and, uh, you know, all of the above, you know, snubs or, you know, who really got, uh, you know, which, which number one seed has the toughest bracket to face or tough, re- toughest region to get to the final four, all of that, uh, and more. But, uh, I'm excited to, to hop right in. I want to start out with a, the first question for this episode is <laughs> I just want to hit the number one seats. Can we just talk about the four number one seeds that ended up coming through? Uh, Logan, I want to, I want to ask you first. Do you think the selection committee got it correct with these four teams as the number one seeds being South Carolina, Indiana, Stanford, and Virginia Tech? Did they get it right? I think it's fine. Um, if, if I'm being honest, I probably personally would have put Iowa over Virginia Tech. Um, but I, I know there were reasons that they put Virginia Tech over Iowa and that there's all sorts of math that plays into bracketology and people who are smart saw that coming. Uh, just based on vibes alone, I feel like Iowa would have been a better pick for number one, but we have the bracket we have and I love the bracket we have, so I don't super mind it. Um, I think all the ones and twos, I, I don't think there were any like massive snubs at the very, very top of the, the rankings. Gotcha. Steve, I'm curious. Uh, I know that you've been pouring over this bracket for the last probably 24 <laughs> hours. And so I'm curious, as you have hyper analyzed all of this, what are your thoughts on the number one seeds? Like, like, is this, is this, are these the four most deserving teams of that path to the final four? I, maybe this is going to be completely unpopular. I don't see, I don't, the one I fully disagreed with was Stanford. Hmm. Um, just because not that you must be a conference champion, but I put a lot of stock into that as, as part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were, if they were a two to three loss team, that's one thing losing five games. They had a late season drop. They had, they, you know, they didn't make it to the final of their conference tournament, which a lot of heavy players in the PAC 12 didn't that tournament. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, so that one kind of threw me off a little bit. I would have put them at two Iowa, potentially the one name that really threw me off. And maybe there's probably a lot of reasons behind this strength of schedule, probably being the biggest thing. LSU has two losses to South Carolina and Tennessee. And as a third seed, I would have potentially even put them over Virginia tech. Um, even and, and I'm I'm being hypocritical with what I just said because they didn't win their conference either. But like that's the other one that like wiggled at me. Like at the very least, LSU's a two seed to me. The issue is very much to Logan's point. I'm not exactly sure who I bumped for that. Probably mm. UConn. Um, but yeah. even then, it's it's shifty. But I just found that really interesting. Where like I feel like LSU lost that game to South Carolina. They were undefeated. They lost big South Carolina and very much the public opinion was they were exposed to not be as good as, as people thought. And then they just kind of got pushed to the side. And so the three seed weird, like, so in terms of one seeds, that's one where I would even like, like, I, I feel like there's an, I have an argument at least to, to make that jump. Probably the biggest one would be, I, I'd potentially move up Iowa. And I got to tell you this much. If you watch the reactions on the selection show, you know, Caitlin Clark agrees. 
Iowa should have been a one seed. That <laughs> was not a happy camper no. uh, in that room. Yeah, and I think that I, I agree. I think that Iowa, especially uh, like as of late, despite their one pretty significant big loss to Maryland, I think that they are a team that has put together a really so- strong season and hasn't, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think that they could have easily been that uh, that fourth number one seed. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Jason, um, I want to hear, I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as the number ones and, and honestly down into those twos and threes like, like Steve and Logan have been talking. Yeah, um, and I, I agree with most of what they've said. I think the original question, which was did they get it right, I think that South Carolina and Indiana for me had to be up in that one seed spot. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I agree. I think Virginia Tech or Stanford really, if you take the next six teams, so the Stanford, Virginia Tech, and then all two seeds, any combination of those making it in, I can make arguments for. Um, I think the one that that is the hardest to make the argument for is actually Stanford, which made it into the one. Um, kind of going along with what Steve said, but they lost to Utah late in the season. They have a worse record than Utah. And they both flopped in the conference championship. So when you put those two teams head to head and you're trying to figure out who the one seed is, um, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer. I know Stanford's very talented. I'm not trying to diss them at all. Um, but as you're just trying to, to compare teams resumes side by side, that's the one that I feel like there's the strongest argument for. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you could make an argument for any of those teams. Um, and like Steve said, I, with LSU at a three seed, they, they could jump up kind of into that grouping as well. Uh, they have a really good record mm-hmm. and a really good team this year, but. That's kind of my takeaway with the the top. You know, when I was looking at it before the bracket came out, I was very comfortable with South Carolina and Indiana. And after that, it was kind of, you know, it could be anyone out of this grouping. And, and that's that was my takeaway from it is, is did they get it right? I don't think there's a way to get it right. I think that as long as you had those top two in there, um, it's close enough to right that we'll just let the basketball play out. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think... Um, when you look at LSU at a three seed and then you consider the other three seeds, you've got Notre Dame who got in honestly because of what they had already accomplished, not because of what, how they're probably going to perform in the tournament. Um, Duke and Ohio State. And I think those three teams, at least based on what LSU has done with the schedule that they've had, it's really hard to argue that LSU isn't in a, a, a pretty solid tier above those three teams. Um, as mm-hmm. Steve mentioned, they only have two losses and that's to obviously then what everybody would consider the best team in the whole country. And then a four seed in Tennessee who many predicted to be the team that would challenge South Carolina at for the SEC title because they've got two, you know, two players who are potential lottery picks. Well, Actually, one, because one of them, Rakia Jackson, will be returning to Tennessee next year. But get that money. Yeah. So that's by staying. The the one that kind of caught my attention was that LSU. I thought uh, like they probably also deserve to be up in that same grouping of the two seeds simply based on wins alone. Um, But I get the strength of schedule argument. Um, other, any other thoughts yeah. as far as these top seeds go? Like, like these top, uh, we're talking ones and twos primarily, maybe a little bit those threes. Any other thoughts that we have? To, to Jason's point about the two seed at the, you know, how at the end of it, it's, it's more or less similar to being the one in most cases. I'll put it this way. The way they have these regions set up, you can go ahead and drop South Carolina to 11 if you want to. They have a home court 
through the final four. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It doesn't really matter where they would. They should have made them fourteenth just for fun. Like they they will be a home team until they get to the final four. So it's like in some cases it's like whatever you do, it's not going to matter. So like mm-hmm. there are certain cases like that where to be in a top four position in this bracket is huge because you're really close to punch yourself a sweet sixteen because you have to win two home games. Um, and that's not always come to fruition, but uh, I think it helps in that case. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, one through two, uh, I feel good about. And then like at LSU, I just almost sees like a two B like mm. that's how strong that, that, that whole situation in that region is interesting. Cause I think there's some heavy hitters there. Yeah. And, and yeah, to, to Steve's, to Steve's comment there about South Carolina having basically a, a home road to the the final four. Uh, if you all remember how South Carolina traveled to Minnesota, uh, they're basically going to have a home in the final four as well. Uh, <laughs> the, gonna, they they traveled very well. <laughs> the damn final yeah. four could be in Antarctica and they'll be, <laughs> they'll and they'll be there. House. They will be there. Uh, yes. We're honestly, other than Yukon, I think South Carolina, and I think they've probably surpassed Yukon even a little bit late, recently. It felt like South Carolina at in Minnesota did have the biggest group there, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising given UConn's kind of national brand that they've somewhat had for the last, you know, 20 years or so. So, uh, yeah, uh, great point. Um, I am curious what your guys' thoughts are. I want to talk some of these higher seeded teams, maybe even pressing up, you know, maybe looking into these double digit seeds. Who do you think is the most, disrespected team as far as their their seeding goes you know like like is there a like a 13 seed that you're like nah like they're more like a nine or is there like a 10 or nine that should be like a four or five so i'm curious as you as you pour over these these teams what team do you think right now is is uh has been bitten by the seeds and you think is actually a, a, a significantly better team than that. Logan, we haven't heard from you for a minute, so I'm curious uh, your thoughts. I know you and I talk all the time about how we've watched more college basketball this season <laughs> than ever before uh, between uh, between the two of us. So uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are because uh, you know you've looked across the board here. So who do you think is maybe the most underrated team? Well, I'll tell you, my favorite double digit seeded team is number 12 Toledo. Um, mm. who drew, I mean, we'll have a whole different episode where we do kind of a bracket breakdown of different matchups, but just drew a terrible matchup with, I mean, Iowa State's a really good team and they played a really tough schedule, but you've got a 28 and four Toledo team who played one top 25 team and beat a top 25 team. They beat Michigan on the road. Uh, they went 16 and two in conference. They pretty much did everything that they could do with the schedule that they had and they scheduled tough games and they were rewarded with a, a 12 seed, which is I think kind of shocking um, purely because the 11 seed is the play in seed, right? Where you're not even necessarily like in the field of, of 64. I think they should have been probably a 10. Um, mm. And don't ask me who to bump out. Cause I don't know who they would necessarily bump out, but there, there are a lot of other teams that I just don't like that much. I don't, really get why you'd rank them below, let's say like number 10, Alabama, who went 20 and 10 in the SEC, 0 and 3 against top 25 teams, just doesn't really have a marquee win, have a couple major losses. Um, I, I would have put them there. Um, I, I think 
they deserve to have maybe a 10-7 matchup instead of going up against who who another team that I think is probably a little bit underseeded Iowa State, which is is one of the matchups in the first round that makes me really angry. Gotcha. I like that. I like that. That's a great call out. Uh Steve, what do you think? Underrated teams. Um, I mean a couple deep cuts would be um probably the main one that stands out to me. East Carolina wins the American Conference. They sit at twenty three and nine. They have a very underrated um guard in Janae McNeil who's been a proficient scorer. They also have really cool uniforms. That's not as important. True. I I didn't fully understand them at 13. Uh, and that, I guess, bugged me to a point because I think they put themselves in a better situation that way. And then the other team, and I don't know if this is just me because uh, I, I watched so much conference tournament basketball on ESPN Plus while I was trying to work. Um. <laughs> but man, I fell in love with the Vermont Catamounts during this. <laughs> yes. The Southland. Yes. Uh, uh, the Southland champs, I believe. And, and I, I watched this team. They've been on a pretty hellacious run over the last, it's like t- almost 20 games. In fact, I'm going to look at their schedule now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventeen uh, game win streak. They're coming up a seventeen game win streak um, since they had a pair of losses to some dogs, uh, Great Danes and the Retrievers, and then they just catamounted for seventeen straight games. They won the Southland Conference, and then they get dropped to fifteen to face UConn and Stores. And it mm. it's just one of those cases that's super annoying because this is one of those teams that's gained a lot of momentum. It would be fun to see if they can make noise even after a first round. And they got put in one of the hardest possible situations where um, it's going to take anything and everything uh, for them to, to try to muscle an upset. And that's kind of where I'm at. I get upset in seeding situations where it would be like, there are teams where it seems like it would be fun to see what they have in them. And then they don't really get a shot at it uh, because of how right. things crack down with the seating. Vermont was a big one. East Carolina stands out a lot. You could call out Middle Tennessee a little bit. There's a couple teams that that have that, but Iowa uh, State was the big one that Logan called out that I fully agreed with. I thought Iowa State um, did make a great deal of sense sitting at the five. The weird thing is it might suit them well. Um, I was like, we'll it, it might goes. be a better spot to be there than a couple other spots. So I like it where they could have been. Yeah. Jason. Yeah. Jason, uh, any thoughts on a team that you thought was an underrated or disrespected in their seating? So the, the two, and I bumped out of the call for a second here. So if, if they've been talked oh. about before, um, I apologize for the redundancy, but I know one of Logan talked about one of them. Um, I felt like Toledo, uh, probably deserved a higher seed. And then the other one that stood out to me is Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, they have three losses on the season. One of them is to Stanford, who they still managed to put up 69 points on, which if you look through Stanford's uh, season, not many people put up that many points on Stanford. So um, they lost mm-hmm. to them, but they still put up some good points. Uh, so really, only three losses on the season. They come in at a 12 seed. Um, I feel like they're a little bit um, under uh, underseeded there. Uh, but those are the two that stood out to me. Uh, as far as ones that I was kind of surprised, I, I, I would have put 
at least a few spots higher than they currently are. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. There's no like hard fast rules to filling out a bracket, but you kind of mm-hmm. do raise your eyebrows anytime a team has a 30 win season. And Florida Gulf Coast sitting at 32 and three is is pretty eye popping. Yeah, yeah, it yes. is. It's it's pretty wild. The team yeah. that that stood out to me um, was South Dakota State. Um, mm-hmm. They, I I know they're a nine seed, so I wouldn't like they're not like. You know, oh man, they're at 13. So I get that they're a nine seed, but when you look at their season, um, I know they don't play in like the, the toughest conference, but look at, look at the only, they're sitting currently at 28 and five. That's a pretty solid deal, but listen to who they have lost to. They listen, they lost to Creighton, who was number 21 in the country at the time. They've lost to UCLA. They lost to Washington State, who is the Pac 12 champion. And they've lost to number one South Carolina. Those are four of their five losses are to those teams right there. They also have two top 25 wins. One against number 10 Louisville at the time by double digits back in November. And a top 25 Kansas State team who early in the season was was top 25 ended up really falling off at the end of the season and aren't even in the tournament now but at the time this was a real well-respected Kansas State team that the Jackrabbits went in and took care of business I think they've got a really really good resume I think they've got a resume that's you know I think if they would have played in a, a little bit tougher conference um you know I think they could have been able to pull out as many wins as a lot of your, you know, four, five, and six seeds have pulled off in their tougher conferences. Uh, you know, these, these power five conferences. I think the Jackrabbits are for real. And I think, uh, where I see them is, is a little bit better than a nine seed. I think they, I think they're closer to probably a five or a six seed in my book. Yeah. I like that call. Can I make one more quick call out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I just noticed. I don't know. I know a lot of this is because they lost in their conference final in a heartbreaker. But I, so I don't know. I don't know if they finished the job in their conference where they land. But dropping Gonzaga to nine feels really harsh for how they went down Agree. in the conference final. That was a, that, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like they got exposed against Portland. They lost a, a very close game in their final have yeah. had an extremely dominant season and then drop all the way to nine. And I feel like if they complete the job and win their tournament, they could be a, maybe as high as a five. I don't know that they would make up a four yeah. seed, but as high as a five. Uh, I, so that I was agree. Really I think there was a, I feel like that's a, a really big reaction from the committee to yeah. drop them tonight. Cause I do think, I think if they take care of business, I agree I think they're sitting at at minimum a seven seed, like without even questioning. So they're, you know, the difference of what, just a a bucket or two was the difference between a nine seed and a seven seed, which if we're talking paths to the final four, you know, you get to avoid the number one seed until the elite eight. If you're in that seven, you know, seven seed range. So I think that's a great call out, Steve. Oh, I forgot to mention Sandy South Dakota State also currently on a 21 game win streak. So hmm. just throwing that out there too. So there's nothing sacred. Um, 
<laughs> That's good. Um, I've, I've got, let, let's take a, a, a quick mid episode break right here just to give a quick, uh, announcement. We do have a bracket group available on the, uh, on ESPN, uh, women's tournament challenge. It's just titled WNBA Space Nation. The, the numbers associated with it are 7665729. So if you need to, those to, to find the bracket, go for it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I think Logan's having the same response I am. <laughs> just to be clear. Space Nation! That be, I right. sincerely thought you meant WNBA Space Nation, and I'm like, that's oh, the Space Nation I've heard in my no, entire space. life. Like, <laughs> it's not all one word. Do you ever? The space space space. Space. I haven't seen Steve in person in a long time, and it's fun to be on a Zoom call and know exactly what he was thinking. <laughs> right. It just destroyed uh, me. Uh, I I didn't even catch my. I like that. Space uh, um so yes wnba space <laughs> nation uh go ahead and check that out we will obviously have links going out um on our on our twitter feed as well as we are going to link <coughs> the bracket group in the notes of this podcast so if you're listening right now and you flip you know scroll down on your phone Click on the link. It should take you right into the group. Um, we did make one adjustment. We are only allowing one bracket per person. We did not make that distinction in the past, and we had people throwing in, you know, 10 brackets, which I think some people think is fine, but I think I'd like to see what is your true bracket that, that you want to fill out. And so we did make that adjustment this, this year. So go ahead, join it, join our group. Um, we're excited to see if any of you can beat Jason this year. He's placed, I think, top five the last two, two years. So he's, uh, he's the one, he's the one that all of us, we don't care if we beat any of you listeners. If we were the bottom four, the three of us want to beat Jason. All I, right. Yeah, so I was gonna that's, say, that's where we're at. See if any of us can beat Jason this year. I was going to say that that's, that's where we're at. So, um, all right, I've got one, I've got, one more question uh, that I have, at least if you were um, l- let's take the number one seeds and just like clear them out. Let's let's keep the, the regions as they are locked in and you take the number one seeds and you're going to give South Carolina the number one draft in, you know, which region they want to go play in. Um, you know, that, that's, that they're going to be most excited about that gives them the best path possible to the final four. I'm curious what region you think is the easiest path for a number one seed to take. Um, and not counting into, uh, Steve already alluded to like location, right? The, ah. the home court advantage. So, so not taking that, I'm talking strictly the teams in the region where, like, what are you taking? All right. What, what are you taking? Does anybody, I, I know you're all looking right now, so I'm just going to open it up. Whoever wants to go first, take it. My, my answer is quite boring because uh, I think, I think they're in it. I think okay. the Greenville one, if you look at the other high seeds in that region, uh, you've got number two, Maryland and number four, UCLA that I think are really good teams. Number three, Notre Dame. If the universe had aligned better, I think would maybe raise the question, but I just don't think they're going to be in the tournament very long because they're injury problems. Mm-hmm. Um, missing Olivia Miles, I, I have them out pretty early. So 
both the high the high seeds I think are totally beatable. We've seen Maryland and UCLA lose. Um, and then the kind of the surprise teams that might poke through, I also think are beatable. So you've got Arizona and West Virginia in there. Uh, you've got a Creighton team that I think could make a little bit of a run, but I really, I mean, South Carolina is undefeated. It's hard to see any team causing them problems. Um, but it doesn't feel like a gauntlet in that Greenville one region to me. Gotcha. Yeah. I, All right. I'm, uh, I'm probably on the same page with Greenville one being, being my number one choice. But it's followed closely by Seattle three. Uh, I feel like Seattle three. You've got mm-hmm. UConn in there, which obviously UConn's a, a great team, but maybe not as great as they've been in the past. Um, Tennessee, who who South Carolina just recently, you know, kind of put the throttle to. So you, Ohio State, I think, is a good team, but they're not. I, I don't trust them, and so for me, that Greenville or that Seattle three is maybe the the second one that I'd go to. The other two brackets, I, I would stay away from Greenville two and Seattle four. Those, those I think are the the harder ones by a significant margin. Okay, what you got, Steve? That's exactly my feeling. I think Seattle three was kind of where I looked first. Um, in terms of, here's the hard part: is I was trying to look at like what would their potential Elite Eight matchup be, like to get them to the Final Four, and the potential matchups. Um, are a lot of teams they've already beat this year. Maryland, mm. LSU, UConn. I mean, Stanford's a one seed, but they have beat them as well. So it's like there's this list of teams that, uh, oh, they could give them business, but they've already beaten a lot of these teams. So as I looked beyond that, I just think um, the also things I think Seattle 3 has high upset potential that really muddies the waters of what, strong teams with strong pedigrees could do against the South Carolina. So that's probably where I'd lean, but yeah, it's, I mean that the, the, the upper left, bottom, right stand out there. Gotcha. Um, I, I, I feel like the, uh, the Greenville two region, I think is, uh, I think Indiana drew a pretty sweet, sweet path here. Um, when you look at some of these other ones, Utah, we've seen be hot, but we also have seen them kind of, I mean, they, they, they took a, a pretty harsh fall. And then they've also had a couple suspect losses throughout their season. So I do believe they're deserving of a two seed, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if, if they're the scariest of the two seeds. LSU, I think on record looks good, but. I think that it's simply because they haven't played hardly anybody until they got into SEC play. Villanova um is is fine and well deserving of a 4 seed, but I don't I I'm not overly scared if I'm a number 1 seed because Villanova is so reliant on one single player in Matty Segrist. So that's the that's the one that really kind of caught my attention takes. that I think yeah, and and that's true. That's true. You, we've, we've seen many times that one player, uh, really is the difference maker there. Um, but yeah, for some reason that Indiana one seed Greenville two, um, I, I wasn't feeling that that was going to be a, necessarily the hardest path, uh, to the final four. I, I think some of these other ones, I, I'm, I'm nervous if I'm playing against Iowa or Yukon in either of those Seattle brackets. I feel like those, those two, uh, I think Yukon's starting to peak. Uh, in getting a couple of players back from injury and Iowa looks as hot as any team in the country right now. So 
I'm, I, I'm probably maybe overly scared of those two teams and maybe under scared of Utah. I'll be, I'll be honest. So that's, that's kind of all, where I'm sitting. All I just heard, Kyle, was you hate Florida Gulf Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Hates them. Whoa. Hates FGC. I am a Kirsten Bell fan. That's, Excuse that's me. That's all I heard. <laughs> but look at even the five seed is Washington State, who just won the Pac-12 tournament, but was less than noticeable throughout the vast majority of their season. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a little underwhelmed uh, by I think some of the Greenville two teams are a little inflated um, beyond what uh, beyond what they they like actually are. Um, I know we said LSU deserves a higher seat, and I agree based on their record, but I think the LSU is probably, as a team, ab- about where they should be for, like, talent level. So, anyway, uh, I, that's the, pretty much the, the topics that I had for this episode. So, uh, I, I'm curious, any any other kind of last questions that you guys have for the group uh, as far as our reactions to the seating and whatnot in... Um, in, in the field as it is right now, I, I have I have more uh, I have more questions for you, but they relate to like who's your Cinderella, who's your biggest upset, and we will be covering that in an episode to be recorded immediately after this one. <laughs> yes, we will be releasing that episode uh, within a day or two of this episode airing, but we will be recording that uh, here in about I don't know twenty five seconds. So. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Jason Snow. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.